This episode is sponsored by Blatella Films, award-winning filmmakers who specialise in business films and event capturing. To find out more about Blatella Films, visit www.blatella.co.uk. That's B-L-A-T-E-L-L-A.co.uk. The Houston Texans are now on the clock. Moving on now, we go to the Houston Texans, picked by at the one underscore Hendo. I'm Graham Henderson from the Twitter account at the one Hendo. I claim to be the ultimate UK Texan superfan known as the Kilted Texan. I enjoy light-hearted football talk on my page. I also frequent the international series, so if you see me, don't hesitate to speak to me. With the Houston Texans pick, I select Doriel Green Beckham, wide receiver out of Oklahoma. Even with his off-field issues, I believe he is a big-bodied receiver at 6'5", 237 pounds. He's a perfect replacement for Andre Johnson as the big target for the Texans quarterbacks. He has triangle numbers and size, speed and strength around the 40 and 4.49 seconds. He's a physical leaper with an outrageous catching radius, with large soft hands that pluck the ball with an attacking mentality. He uses long strides to get downfield in a hurry, which causes separation in his routes. His size makes him no pushover when attacking these routes and will cause cornerbacks problems. With right work ethic installed, he could be an effective target right off the bat. Hashtag the killed Texan. Hashtag we are Texans. Nice use of hashtags at the end there. Excellent. Gone wide receiver here and, and gone with a player that I've undersold a little bit there, Doriel Green Beckham. Lots of off the field issues, but do you think he could be a pro ready player at some point? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, solid, solid hands. Agree with everything that's just been said though. Big physical, you know, proper target. Um, just what the uh, just what the Texans need, you know, really nice compliment to Newt Copkins. You know, it's yeah, just what they need to replace Andre Johnson. Um whether he's got some maturity, whether he's turned the corner with that, who knows? But you know, Bill O'Brien comes from that Belichick system. You know, they're not afraid to take on problem players and 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 try and mould them into, you know, model professionals. For me, it's a bit too high for him, but the potential's there. It addresses the position of need. It's not a bad pick at all. And Ryan Mallett as well, quarterback. He he's got that bullet arm. Is uh is is um. Is Doriel Green Beckham got the hands to kind of catch on to someone that's going to throw it? Yeah, that I, I mean, I think he does. He's a, he's another one that high points the ball reasonably well. I think for me, where he seems to struggle is in that sort of bump and run. He, for a big guy, he he, possibly my expectations are a little higher, but you know, against tight press man coverage, he does seem to seem to struggle and lose a, a bit of a step at times. You see that on the tape. Um, is he someone that can win a contested catch? I think he, I think he can, but not. Not as cleanly as he should. For a guy of his size and his stature, I mean, he's what, 6'5", 238, 239. He's a big guy. He should just be dominating against college college corners and college safeties, and he doesn't necessarily. It's always always seems a little bit of a contest, but he usually comes out on top in fairness. Mm. But You'd like to see him win I'd just like more to clean. See him, I'd just like to see him dominate in the red zone as well. And I just don't see a dominant wide receiver there. But I, I see a, a player who could be dominant if he's coached upright. But again, that all comes down to the fact, can you coach him? And the Texans are quite an intriguing team because, I mean, you've you've got J.J. Watt, who is almost undisputedly the best defensive player in the league. Um, and then on the other side, you had this great this great thought with Jadavian Clowney, who was the number one overall pick last year. And they were going to perform some sort of gruesome twosome, Clowney being very athletic and very strong and large in the same way that Watt is. But Clowney's not really showed up. And there's already talk of, you know, the, the not necessarily moving on, but sort of reducing his role. Would you be tempted to kind of rebuild that, that, that defence with someone in, in that position? Or I, I, Again, it's that issue of, you know, is the coach going to 
fess up to it not quite working out when you're when you're down the line. And in fairness to Clowney, he's you know he's been injured. Mm. Um, I mean, I never, think that's rash, isn't it? Yeah, too? <laughs> I mean, it was never a great fit for him in mm. terms of scheme fit. For me, he he never really fitted in, in that sort of in that sort of role as as that sort of five tech. Or if you stand him up, he he was just a bit a bit awkward for me. He was he was set to have a phenomenal career as a four three defensive end, and he just never really suited that that three four. Now you could argue that's that's down to him. Von Miller was never going to be, you know, well, JJ Watt a, a stud player in that system. JJ Watt again, you know, you, you great players find a way to play the position. Hmm. Um, but I think it's a bit early to be judging. Yeah, judging we're, we're one year into stage, a player. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I think we've we've got to give them a chance to to develop. But I think you know, wide receiver makes a lot of sense for them for them here. They could look at someone like guard, as well. Um, you know, again, depending on 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 what what's there and how you view a guy like Leo Collins. For me, as I said earlier, he's a tackle, but you could use him at guard quite easily. Um, it'd be interesting to see where they go. Actually, it's going to be quite an interesting draft for them. The San Diego Chargers are now on the clock. We've got the Chargers on the board at 17, picked by at iSports Writers, and he's gone with Andrus Pete, offensive tackle. Again, he's a player that's, you know, as we said earlier, he's, a, he's sort of polarising in opinions. His his draft stock seems to be on the wane at the moment. For me, you're, you're not going to play him at left tackle. He's a smart kid. I mean, don't get me wrong, he's a, you know, he's a quality player, but for me, he's not top 20. Would you um, go Flowers? I'd go Flowers if you if you're looking at tackle for me you go you go Flowers or Collins I think Flowers flashes some left tackle potential Collins probably uh, probably doesn't he's probably strictly a right tackle um, but yeah I'd I'd definitely go one of one of those two over Pete and you know at that stage but for me the Chargers could also be looking if Gurley's still there maybe they look at Melvin Gordon as well maybe they go running back in the slot well. I, I, I think I think running back for me is is the biggest need for that team um, they've they've just lost Ryan Matthews and and before Ryan Matthews well, even when he was there it was a, a very sort of staid and dull running game that didn't really mm. offer that much I, I mean this pick might not be here if the if the rumours were, were right but if they are going to trade Rivers to the Titans um, I mean and you've got Mariota in there. I think you would you would be looking at a, a tackle to keep him upright. I think you probably you probably would. I mean, I think I think Fluke has played played pretty well, depending on where you come from. But everything I've seen of him, you know, he seems to have done done pretty good in that role. Um, yeah, I think you, you you do need that. And again, a running back helps him as well. You know, it takes a bit of the pressure off mm. a, off a, off a young quarterback if you if you go in there and you know. Gordon or Gurley would be would be excellent there. The other direction I think they could go in is looking at getting some more some more edge rush as well. The way the board's fallen, you know, you've got Randy Gregory there. I, I think you'd have to consider him as an option as well. The Kansas City Chiefs are now on the clock. This is one that I picked, uh, and I've gone Trey Waynes, um, purely because at this stage I thought best available player um, left on the board, um, cornerback. Kansas City Chiefs probably would have been going wide receiver at this stage. Um, had there been one left, um, given the rather unspectacular offense last year, what, what do you think? Yeah, um, I mean, obviously the addition of Macklin helps that mm. to an extent. Trey Wayne's is the best player available on the board. There, they, I mean, they'd be delighted to uh, to get something like that when you're twinning that up with a predominant offense, uh, defensive line as well, with the likes of you know Poe and Houston in there. It's you know you stick some quality at, at, at cornerback, it'll you know increase the quality at cornerback. That's a that's a really nice. You know, a really nice move for them, and they they're obviously in that position where they're 
you know their safety situations looking very different you know you know very different than, i have to than say I, I, i'm getting a feeling of how our um our pickies are going to feel because every time you give me a sort of a, a, a tick in the box on one of my uh, my picks i get a little warm feeling inside uh, i wasn't entirely uh, sure on on that one in terms of where i was going um but i mean i think i think trey wayne's out of the, the combine just seemed to be head and shoulders above the rest of the cornerback class um, it's dangerous to view someone just on on the combine, but I mean, he he seems to be a player that's that's going to be dominant in the draft at his position. Yeah, I mean, he was he was definitely. I mean, last year we had um, Duckwest Denard who came out from from MSU as well, hmm. um, and looking at the tape, it was Wayne's that stood out, um, and I was I was high on Denard. Denard was my number one corner last year from. You know, a lot of people go and Gilbert. I, mm. you know, for me, Denard was there, and I, I wasn't alone by any stretch. Um, Wayne's is, yeah, he's a better he's player. A, he's a much better player, and you know, he, he does that, that. What NFL teams want to do, you know, he plays a lot of a lot of press man. He's, you know, he's he's a good physical physical option. He's is he someone that can take away the number one receiver? Because that's what you want from. Yeah, that. I mean, he, he he did play on an island quite a lot. He's he certainly got that got the ability to do that um you, you know less so uh, in in 2013 but 2014 he was the dominant you know the dominant guy teams were getting to the stage where they were throwing away from him you know and that's always the key sign for a quality quality corner is you know are they are they moving you know moving moving to the weaker the weaker get away from them yeah. yeah absolutely and and you saw that a lot the other direction of course they could go in here is again is offensive line i think needs a bit of a uh, needs a bit of an upgrade um, so again you know you'd, you'd possibly look at Lael Collins in this slot as well excellent I'm backing Collins he's, he's you really you he's, really yeah, determined I, I think he's I, you know I've, he's, he is the kind of guy I'm banging the table for I'd I, yeah I'd be shocked if he escapes the top 15 and why why is Collins that player that you 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 think teams need to be looking at I, do, I he's he's got a physicality to his game um, that you don't necessarily expect when you when you look at him he's he's you know he he he's what 300 pounds six four he's he plays like he's a good 30 pounds heavier but he's athletic he, you know he, he moves incredibly well um for a big guy's feet just off the chart probably the best footwork of, of any of the offensive linemen the criticism will be you know just that that sort of lack of possibly a nasty streak Right, which you know you you look for that sort of determination, that big first punch. Yeah, that sort of big aggressive. You know, his hands sometimes slip outside, which isn't which isn't great. You want to keep your your hands in the in the middle, um, and that's his that's his sort of his his downfall that he uses his athleticism a, a, a bit too much. He's he's definitely more of a tackle than a guard, but a lot of people seem to see it the other way around. The Cleveland Browns are now on the clock. Moving down the board, we've got the uh, Browns on the board again, and again it's UK Browns picking. Uh, let's see what they've got. Hi. I'm Simon Parkinson from UK underscore Browns, back again with the Cleveland Browns number 19 pick. With that pick, I select Malcolm Brown, the defensive tackle from Texas. Malcolm Brown will fit the Browns 3-4 scheme perfectly. He's a run stuffer. He'll play nose tackle for the Browns. He's absolutely ideal pick. I hope the Browns actually pick him in the real draft. So Brown's going with Brown. What do you think? Um, yeah, I see him as a as as more of a four three than a three four guy. But for a big guy, incredibly light on his feet. I mean, we we're talking about hands with Collins. There, fantastic hand handwork. Fights really well. 
with his uh, with with his hands. He's a you know he's a really interesting guy. I'd have him more as a five tech um, in a three man front than as a nose. For me, he's, he's a little short. Um, you know, I'd I'd look at sort of six four plus for my nose. Moving him to really. the edge of the yeah, I I'd, I but that's 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 personal preference on on on, on my half. You want to go three thirty six four six five really for you, for your nose tackle for me and he's what six two three twenty I mean he's he's got the frame where he can where he can definitely add some but he does start getting a little bit sloppy when he's tired you, you look at the fourth quarter of games he he does take a few plays off mm. um but yeah cracking prospect uh, I think it's a nice spot for him and yeah you, know, you Jim Brown goes to the Browns yeah it's a brown at brown at the brown um, <laughs> yeah no it's um yeah it, 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 it fills a position of need as well for them and it's yeah it's a it's a nice pickup the Philadelphia Eagles are now on the clock moving down the draft the Philadelphia Eagles we've got at Johnny Page uh, nine picking for them I'm Johnny Page from InsideTheEagles.com, which is a fan-sided blog on the Philadelphia Eagles. You can also be found on Twitter at JohnnyPage9. With the 20th pick in the draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select wide receiver Jaden Strong from Arizona State. The Eagles lost Jeremy Macklin in free agency to the Chiefs, and they need a number one receiver to replace him. Jaden Strong will be a perfect fit in Chip Kelly's offense, as he struggles with root separation, but Chip Kelly's very good at getting his players in space. Luckily, he's got very, very good hands. He's very good in contested catches, and by drafting Jalen Strong, it means that the Eagles will be able to play Jordan Matthews in the slot and possibly Josh Huff on the other side, which makes their receiving group as a whole a lot stronger. Can't argue with any of that. That's absolutely that's almost almost word perfect for what I've got about him <laughs> as well. I mean, yeah, the knock on him is his speed. He, he doesn't separate particularly well, but he does do well in those contested situations. I mean, he's got a catalogue of Beckham-esque one-handed catches as well. I mean, there's a stunning one which I urge you know urge you to check out against Notre Dame from last year as well where he's plucking it right on the sideline one handed gets both feet down let alone the one he needs at college, college level. Yeah. Um yeah I mean he's he's a great prospect. Makes sense, you know, he's a Pac twelve player, Chip Kelly Too slow for this, Chip has this well possibly but I I think as you know as as has been said, you know, he's he's he finds a way of getting receivers in, into space. I think Chip Kelly's the kind of guy who thinks he can mould anybody into into anything, isn't, isn't he? So um, yeah, I, I think I think with the hands he's got, he he's a, you know that's the kind of guy that I think Chip Kelly really wants is someone that's that's going to to be a surefire target for whoever's playing quarterback. And I think you know good catch radius on him as well. I think it's a really nice pickup. But I do think we need to start considering the fact that. Chip Kelly and his links to the Pac-12 are going to stop at some stage, and there is going to be a rash of players from, you know, the um, from the northeast that will start to, to fall there. He's a, he's a creature of habit, Chip Kelly, and at mm. one stage it's going to be, you know, we're going to start seeing guys out of Pitt, out of Rutgers, out of Yukon, uh, even out of Temple, you know, those sort of the local schools as he as he becomes more familiar with the local area. But at the moment, yeah, for this year and probably next. I think we could see a few Pac-12 players going in that to going over to Philly. And what are the Eagles going to do in the later rounds this year? Um, I mean, it's an interesting one for them. Safety's probably an area of need still. Again, whether they find a safety that does what they want them to do is going to be uh, going to be interesting. They could go guard. I think the interior of the offensive line needs some needs some work, and whether 
Chip can find the kind of guy that he wants, you know, possibly a slightly lighter guy to fill that role. It'd be interesting to see if they could could get someone. But there are some good guards that are likely to be around in that sort of second or third day or even later, you know, looking guys like AJ Can. They're sort of more what he'd go than than a sort of big bruiser like Trey Jackson, I think. And and you've got a, a sort of fragile quarterback in um Sam Bradford. He, you know, he's he's a very accurate player. Who, who can who can find the short routes that that Chip likes to run? Yeah. Um, but you need to keep them upright. So so you you're thinking line possibly, and, and I'm going to address the the elephant in the room now. Um, as much as I dislike sort of giving him uh, the gravitas, Tim Tebow's obviously signed for the for the uh, the Eagles in the week, and and I mean I I I'm not down on the guy for his personality. I'm just down on the guy because he's not a quarterback, um, or I don't see him as one. Do you think that Chip's got another role for him in mind? You know, this is the uh, to me Tim Tebow seems like that this pickup is a is a Chip Kelly pickup of him trying to mold him into something. Have you got any thoughts as to what he might use him as? Well, we yeah, I mean, I think at best he's there as competition. I don't think he's making that roster. I think he's he's very much camp fodder. Um it's possible that Chip Kelly has some ideas for him. I mean, everybody's bandying the quote around from you know, a, a few years ago, about this, you know, this this isn't a Tim Tebow style offense. You know, and lo and behold, who's suddenly who's suddenly there? It's Tim Tebow. Um, I I don't think he's going to be there. We were talking before we came on air about around the NFL. I think it was Chris Wessling was talking about the the off season of me in the case of Chip Kelly, and I think that's a I think that's a brilliant quote for it. It it very much is high publicity whenever the Eagles are slipping out of the limelight. Chip Kelly seems to do something to put him straight back in there. Um, but, you know, in fairness to Tebow, he's apparently been working with um, Tom Brady's personal quarterback coach. He's apparently A couple throwing, of years now as yeah, well. Yeah, he's throwing tight spirals. He's not He's not old. He could no. still, you know, he could still have something there. But it does seem strange that nobody else was looking at him except for the, except for the Eagles. But um, for me, I don't. I I I can't see him making making the roster. No, I do you I think? Don't think? I think he'll spend a few weeks trying to work out whether he can design something for it. I think he'll quickly quickly realise I can't until Tim Tebow admits that he's a fullback or possibly a tight end. Well, this is what I was getting at. I wonder if if I mean he seems to have the right build for that. I mean, he, he's yeah, a, but he's a, he's a little short, but. The issue is, is Tim Tebow willing to do that? Two years with Tom Brady's quarterback coach suggests that Tim Tebow still thinks Tim Tebow is a quarterback. That's true. And at the end of the day, no Chip Kelly trick moves are going to convince him otherwise. The Cincinnati Bengals are now on the clock. Cincinnati Bengals up next, um, and it's me again. So I've gone Eric Flowers, offensive tackle for them. I'm sure I'm going to get a slap for not going Leo Collins now. I've actually gone Andrus Pete in uh, in my mock. The, the colours are already gone, which would be the reason <laughs> for that. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, I think some sort of help at at, at tackles. Um, yeah, very much uh, very much in need. Eric Fire's an interesting one. I I think he's he's another guy with with fairly mixed uh, mixed reviews about him. For me, he's probably the best pure tackle in the class. Absolutely no question in terms of what he is. He's a tackle. You now everyone else is a, a tackle or a guard or or a guard or a tackle. I mean, he is a clear a clear tackle. He's determined. You know, good body. He does get a bit grabby. Does play a bit high at times. His footwork needs to improve a bit. But on the whole, he's a cracking prospect. He's and he's sort of come a little bit out of nowhere. He was a player that I I was sort of reluctant to really watch too much of in the early <laughs> days. I just thought he was another one of these guys that was floating around, but. 
You actually watch him and you and you watch what's out there on him, and he's a really interesting prospect. And if you look at the the the, the Bengals as a team, um, it's quite an interesting sort of unit. They've got a coach that's been there for donkey's years, and and quarterback that's been given probably you know a few more chances by the fact that he has a large number of of weapons around him. Um, but they've also got AJ McCarron sort of sniffing down his neck. Do you think that that Dalton's got this year to prove himself? Or do you think he'll be given a bit more, a bit it's, more time? It seems like he's always got one year to prove himself, <laughs> and he always seems to do just enough to sort of keep the job. I'm not sure how how much breathing down his neck AJ McCarron's actually doing. Well, he spent all last year injured, but I mean, he was a he was a, he was a highly rated player, and they, they seem to be very keen on him. As yeah, if... I, I, they were one of the few that were for me. Mm. I, I think there was a lot of there was a lot of pandering to Nick Saban about about AJ McCarron I think there's a there were some telling signs that he wasn't ever going to be a a hotly regarded prospect he's you know I, for me the, the big thing that always stood out for him is his lack of leadership skills and you know I've banged on this you know this today and long enough about leadership being important for a quarterback this is a guy who you know he, he didn't seem to have the locker room at times he was never highly regarded in the sort of players player awards captaincies and what have you he was he was never really a leader of men which but, I mean, if you've got a team you know with the number of weapons that Alabama did there it's an embarrassment of riches at the college level it, you know he he may have got lost or do you think it's just there were more signs than than that yeah I just think he was you know he should be he should be the star amongst stars he's the quarterback mm, yeah. and he wasn't <laughs> you know, at no stage was he. You know, he's getting outshone by, you know, by safeties and midline backers and wide receivers. It's you know, it's he should be he should be the name. You know that everybody goes. Oh yeah, that's what our that's what our team's about. And it never was. It was you know, Amari Cooper was was still you know this this young raw talent that was going to be there. And Eddie Lacy was there. And you know, D Milliner was there. And um, forgotten the guy's name now the linebacker got drafted last year um he was never really the the, the sort of shining uh, shining example he could have been but I, you know i think they could they could definitely look to add someone possibly again this year i mean there, there is that that theory that if you take a quarterback every year you're gonna hit on a late round guy sooner or later and you know they might well you know look to see if they could get a guy in in day three, you know, Garrett Grayson or you know Sean Mannion or what have you, late on and 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 see if they could do anything. But I'd be surprised. It would be, seem like quite an aggressive move if they went and got a quarterback in say the second or third round. That I, I mean, I was just looking purely on their roster. They've got wide receivers. They've got, you know, they've they've got two of the best running backs. I think you know the, yeah, the tandems. Um, yeah, it's a good one-two punch, isn't it? And I, I think they've got a, a solid defense. I just think that that possibly it's it's for me it's one or the two it's one or the other it's it's either the quarterback or the coach that's holding them back um i, I actually don't happen to be that down on on dalton I, I i quite like him as a player i feel like he's he's very much in that kind of romo mold in terms of the the way the press view him that he's not that bad a player but people like to enjoy watching him suffer <laughs> yeah i mean yeah he, yeah he just he does enough and yeah that's that's sort of where where he is but yeah, for a long time Tony Romo just did enough. I mean, he was getting criticised like he was, you know, like he was rank rotten. And well, that's he, it. He, he rarely was rank rotten. Mm. And it pains me to say as a Giants fan. Um, but it's getting that but he, that but, playoff you know, win, it's, isn't it? It's it's getting it's getting the confidence, and mm. he seems like a guy who's incredibly low on confidence the mm. way he plays. Um, 
yeah, but I think that's probably the the move that they they will look to do is is possibly offensive line. The other option would possibly be to look at upgrading the uh, the defensive line as well. You know, the, arguably they could use a little help at defensive tackle. So that's a direction they could go in. If depending on who's round, if Malcolm Brown's still there, that might be something that they they consider at that stage. Or an Eddie Goldman. The Pittsburgh Steelers are now on the clock. Moving on to the Steelers, picked by Steelers War Room, the UK's very own draft, Nick. He's gone edge and gone Randy Gregory. This seems like a very Steelery pick to me, um, going and picking a, a defensive line player at this stage. Yeah, and it's it's their kind of their kind of guy. They don't shy away from guys who possibly have issues off the field, or in this case, definitely have some off the field issues. <laughs> you know, they, they 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 have confidence that their locker room is strong enough that they can they can really deal with that. He is a bit of a tweener. He's a bit lean, but that's not something that's really held the Steelers back in uh, in their defensive linebacker position before either. You know, I mean, I think he's probably got some of the most consistent hands of any of those edge rushers I mean he uses his hands incredibly well um, he's got a good punch he's got a nice swim move you know he's he, he's definitely got the ability for me I mean for a long time I had him rated as my as my top edge rusher I thought he was you know he was right he was going to be right there as a you know a surefire top five pick top 10 pick at the very mm. at the very worst I think he still might be but it's those off the field issues that are really holding him back and if you look at the Steelers I mean you mentioned that they've got leaders that they've lost two big ones um to retirement uh, Ike Taylor and and Troy Polamalu mm-hmm. would cornerback and safety be something they'd look at this stage or I think it would have to be something that they uh they 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 consider addressing cornerback in particular um is 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 a direction of travel again if we're talking low character guys and someone like marcus peters but someone like kevin johnson seems to sort of sit quite nicely a sort of slightly smaller guy you know who possibly has a bit of safety in him as well um that would that would work quite quite nicely but randy gregory at this position is excellent value you got you got you got to put the card in with that the Detroit Lions are now on the clock. The Lions, they're up next, and they're being picked by at Lions Fan UK. Hi everyone, this is Mike, aka Lions Fan UK on Twitter, and with the 23rd pick in the uh, Peaceskin Podcast NFL Draft, I have selected Lyle Collins to tackle out of LSU. Um, and the reason I've done this is that if any of you have watched any of the Lions games last year, you will have noticed that the play of the offensive line was absolutely terrible. Matthew Stafford was sacked to Jay Cutler-esque. 45 times there was no run game they couldn't get anything going Um, although they were dealing with injuries there was just generally I think a lack of talent on the line the Lions currently have needs at two positions left guard and right tackle and I think Collins is a guy that he can come in straight away and he can play either of those positions and he'd be a big upgrade Um, he's consistent in his pass protection and if you've watched the Lions they like to pass a lot um, so he'd be good at that. His run blocking needs a little bit of work, but I think you could say that about a lot of rookie offensive linemen. So I think with the 23rd overall pick, he offers great value and he's going to be a good player for years to come. I think a lineman does seem to suit what they're after. Would you agree? Or Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, and, and particularly with, with Riley Reef on the left side, getting something at right tackle seems to seems to make a lot of sense. Um, Collins is... is Phenomenal value for me in this position. I've, I think I've gone on long <laughs> enough about him. He's my, he's my boy. Um, really, it's that. And you'd have to say defensive line. And mm. I mean, I've been saying that the uh, Lions need to upgrade their uh, their secondary and their corner position for 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 a while. I keep on getting told that 
they like what they've got and they're happy with with what they've got so you know I'll, I'll back down on that but for me that's that's another area they could go to but yeah oh boy if, I mean if if Collins is here I mean frankly if, if this is the sort of range where I would consider someone like Pete if he was around as well got you know Pete Flowers Collins if any of those guys are around be a really solid pick for years the knock on the Lions uh, was wide receiver um, they had no one alongside Calvin Johnson they've solved that over the last Absolutely. year with, yeah, with Tate, Tate yeah. and uh, he's been brilliant mm-hmm. um They've lost Reggie Bush, but I think it's too early to go running back well, here. Well, I think if Melvin Gordon's still on the board, um, I mean, as he is in, in, in this, I mean, that that for me would have been the other direction that they would have really seriously considered going in. Um, With Bell alongside, I mean, is that enough of an upgrade? Yeah, I think it probably I think it probably is, really. I think you, you get something different out of out of Melvin Gordon. You know, Joke Bell for me has always been a guy who, who looks good going going between the tackles Melvin Gordon looks pretty good wherever he goes but he gets the edge you know I, I think quicker than, than Bellwood and yeah I think so is this more like what the Bengals have got in terms of Hill and not I, I, not quite so much I think I think Melvin Gordon's a bit more rounded I think you, he he's a three down a three down back in a way that you know Jeremy Hill has the potential to be but he's not quite there yet and Joe Bernard I don't think ever will be no, he's a more skittish yeah, sort absolutely. of player yeah. um, no I think I think Melvin Gordon's a guy who you can who you can bring in and, and you know he's he's going to be your, your running back you don't really need someone else if you've got someone else and you know you've got Bell then then so be it and would you consider going you mentioned corner would you go Peters here if it was your corner or yeah I don't I, yeah I again I think this is where I'd look for a guy possibly like a guy like Kevin Kevin uh, Kevin Johnson out of Wake Forest he's you know again bit bit of a smaller guy um, but surveys the field very well provides a bit of a bit of leadership from that point I mean the big knock on him is he's playing on a terrible team but yeah a, a slightly different player but I, w- I would see that more than a Peters guy I mean Peters is very explosive I mean he would be a difference maker but they'll try and go for something a bit more sedate and with Jim Caldwell there you know sedate seems Safe. to be a, yeah you know seems to be one of those words the Arizona Cardinals are now on the clock yeah so Arizona Cardinals have uh, selected Melvin Gordon here as at Cardinals UK and I, I love the pick and um, I think the Cardinals really needed a run game last year yeah, they've got a great defensive unit but you you win with a, a middling quarterback um by having a strong run game and a good defensive unit and yeah. I, I think that, that Gordon would offer them that more than Ellington that they've got now. Um, would you would you go in any other different direction with this? I think it, it makes a lot of sense for them in the same way it, it, it would, you know, for, for exactly the same reasons we were saying for the Lions as well. You know, um, you know Ellington, you wouldn't have him as a three-down back, whereas Melvin Gordon, you, you definitely would. And he does provide, you know, a bit of support in pass pro as well. Not not quite as good as Gurley, and Gurley's not great. He does get pushed back a bit. You see that on films, but I think it's a really nifty pickup in this. I think a corner possibly might be somewhere they they look sort of opposite Peterson mm. might be an area that they they look to address. And you know I think there are a lot of teams in this range that that will consider corner now. Linebacker potentially could could use a bit of an upgrade as well and get getting again getting a bit of pass rush off the edge. I've got Dwash there as well. Yeah, but I mean, there's another guy who's you know got a track record and of not you know you know you're never sure when when the next suspension is going to come <laughs> down you know it's it's about getting that that certainty with it mm. um there's not looking at the way the board's fallen there's not huge potential for an edge rush you're getting into that sort of second tier of uh, of guys now and 
really at this stage it feels a little early for um, the likes of Eli Harold or Odigazua or to a lesser extent Preston Smith although really more of a he would really be more of a five tech in, in, in this system you wouldn't really have him as an edge guy but um, you know it's it's it feels early for those guys um, so yeah I mean Melvin Gordon definitely the highest prospect on the board I've got the Cardinals down as a as a team that are likely to pick up one of the second tier quarterbacks um, sort of a late round pick like Zapetti do, do you see that as a as a likely outlook I mean You've got you've got a quarterback with dodgy knees and yeah, no one really behind him. Yeah, they've got themselves in a real tricky situation where they where they seem to be just good enough to always be picking away from the from the top quarterbacks. Mm. It's getting to a stage where we have to look at what's coming out next year as well in the, in that quarterback class, and it does look quite strong. You know, the likes of Jared Goff, you know, Connor Cook. It's it's going to be it's going to be a pretty interesting class next year. You don't want to blow an early pick on a quarterback this year if you think you might in a situation looking logically at it where you might be in a position to get one of the top guys next year they need to do something because what we saw last year was when Carson Palmer went down they were they were in a real mess do you think Logan Thomas has got an upside or is he I really liked Logan, Logan Thomas when he was coming out I, I, I sort of stuck with him for for a while um, he just, he, I mean he, he, he flashed potential but it was you know it really was just Flashing potential. Mm. I, I, who knows? But for me, I think possibly I, you know, I was wrong on that one. He's, he's not, he's not going to be the guy. But yeah, you might as well try with with one of those guys. You know, later on if you can get one, they maybe they will go for a guy like Brett Hundley. I think, or you know, Bryce Petty seems to be these days the consensus number three. For me, I'm still high, slightly higher on Hundley than I am on Petty. Um, Definitely going to be consideration. Obviously not in the first round, but you know they might they might toy with it in in the later rounds. Is Bruce Arians going to lose his job if Carson Palmer gets injured this year and they end up going, you know, three and thirteen? I doubt it. No, I and think if they do go three and thirteen. They're going to be in prime position to get you know a, you know a, a potentially a, a generationally strong quarterback. I think the Cardinals are one of these teams. They're they're a really strong franchise. You've got you've got all the pieces in place on the on the defense. You've got a fairly solid unit on the offense. It's not spectacular. I think Carson Palmer's a good player, but I think the the important thing for them is they've got an ownership group that understand that Arians is probably one of the best coaches in the league. Yeah regardless of what happens this year I think he'll be back next year the Carolina Panthers are now on the clock Carolina Panthers on the clock now uh, selected by at Panthers UK and they went with TJ Clemmings offensive tackle I'm not massively high on Clemmings as a prospect you had that look on your face to suggest that (laughs) Um, the position's right can't argue with that um He's strong. He offers some play in, uh, in in run blocking, but he lunges an awful lot. He leans forward. His technique is rotten. He's he's very much putty to be to be moulded into something something better. And I think the Panthers are in a position where they actually need a guy who can come in and actually contribute straight away. In the circumstances, looking at how it is, I would. Well, it's it's a tricky one. I would probably look in a slightly different direction and uh, go for someone like DJ Humphreys, maybe, who moves a lot better. He's again, he's he's pretty physical. You look at the tape, you look at what he's what he did against um, the likes of Shane Ray and Daniel Hunter. Um, I mean, the Shane Ray tape, he gets beat twice, in fairness, but he he pretty much dominates the rest of the time in that one. He's another one that that can get a little bit off balance at times, but for me, he's a more complete prospect. 
as it stands right now. But the ceiling's probably higher with, with Clemmings just because of the raw skills he's got there. But as a, as a sort of guy to come in on day one, I'd be very wary of TJ Clemmings. So they need a lot of coaching... Yeah, I think they both need they both need coaching. But if you were to start one on on week one, I'd go Humphreys over Clemmings every single day. Uh, well, River Riverboat Run loves a gamble, so well, he, he never does. Knows. Yeah, he does. Uh, well, if you look down, um, I, I was thinking wide receiver here. I mean, since they lost Steve Smith, is, I mean they've they've got one wide receiver, uh, um, uh, Benjamin. Uh, Benjamin, yeah. who I thought was a really good sort of breakthrough player last year. He kind of got lost in the shadow of Odell Beckham, as did most of the rookies. Um, and Mike Evans obviously but I think he, he was a solid player and, and had some good games but I, I feel like you need two wide receivers if you're playing a pass dominating uh, you know offense they try and use Cam uh, as kind of a bit of a barreling running back um, and the, the run game always needs support but I mean I, I think I think they could really do with another wide out yeah I mean that's 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 the direction that they they I can see them going in at some point in the draft cornerback again is is an area that you you could stand to to be upgraded again um potentially guard as well you, they've got quite a few holes mm. um you look at the list of needs on on the sort of bottom end of the draft they they sort of stand out as having more holes than anyone else yeah i mean you, um, you you've got to look at the, the the fact that the team they beat out on the last day to get into the playoffs the falcons are picking at 8 yeah well exactly it was a huge <laughs> it was a huge skip you know for where they where they were and what they what they can do but um you know dave gettleman's a sensible guy last year for me it was between wide out and uh, and o line and they they addressed wide out. They've got someone who you know showed promise in Bel- in Benjamin. I think. So um, the, you feel that you can't waste two positions. Well, not waste. You can't use two positions in the same same area if you've got um, if you've got another need. I think if the area of need is still a, an area of need as it was last year, then the sensible thing to do would be to upgrade the one you didn't upgrade the year before. That's a good sensible call right there. The Baltimore Ravens are now on the clock. Moving down the draft, uh, Baltimore Ravens on the board, and it's uh, at Britain William. Uh, Britain with double T uh, and let's see what he's got to say Hi everybody it is William Britton here from ebonybird.com a fan run Baltimore Ravens blog so go ahead and check that out if you're a Ravens fan I'm here representing the Baltimore Ravens today so with the 26th pick I select Landon Collins safety out of Alabama now the reason I'm taking him is quite frankly he is just the highest player left on my board and also if there is any player in this draft that plays like a Raven I believe it is Landon Collins I probably would have taken him a lot higher anyway, so I'm thrilled that he's fallen down. The reason I think he suits the Ravens so well, he's a physical player, he's a tone setter. The Ravens obviously love Alabama products. They took CJ Mosey last year. He plays great against the run, which really fits what the Ravens try to do. He lacks some coverage abilities. He can give up a few big plays, but generally he'll be okay in a basic scheme like the Ravens run. And also I think safety probably is still one of the weakest positions left on the roster. They have Will Hill, they have Kendrick Lewis, who they signed from the Texans but it's still lacking that depth and quality that they're going to be looking for at that position. No Ed Reed. Um, it's been a hole ever since he left, I think. Yep. Physical is an understatement with, uh, with Collins. He is a banger. He's, he's, he is going to be that guy in the box. As we said said earlier, he's a tough guy. It's an understatement to say he gives up some plays in coverage. He looks, at times, appalling in coverage. Um, sort of frighteningly, frighteningly weak. But he matches up nicely against tight ends. I think he is he is a Ravens kind of player for so many reasons. And yeah, Ozzy Newsom, he loves his he loves his Crimson Tide prospects. Um he is number seventeen on my board. It's good value getting him at twenty six. Fills a position of needs. Yeah, good pick. 
Yeah, I really like this as well because I, I mean I think defensive unit for the the Ravens is always their their strength. It's what they look to build on, and and when you've got other holes in the defense, possibly you know linebacker, you know you can get a big battering guy in there to to kind of fill that that gap almost as well. Well, absolutely, yeah. He's he's sort of multi multi talented in that role. You can you find a way to make a guy like that work, and you know that that's exactly how the Ravens do business. And yeah, makes a lot of sense. Um, John Harbour as well is a sort of player that you, you can imagine getting the best out of him. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, he's not you know he's not a low effort guy. You know his 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 efforts there. There's some tightness in his hips when he moves. It's not a lack of wanting to cover. It's it's just physically being unable to. And the Ravens do. That's what worries me. Yeah, I mean the Ravens and Aussie Newsom do tend to go after players that 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 are are high effort guys over people that tend to have the physical skills. And he would he would fall into this category, or do you think I'm being a bit unfair? He's a bit more physically talented than than. Oh, he's got he's got phenomenal physical talents. You know, I mean, uh, but they're they're largely based around his his tackling, his open field tackling. I think is great. Um, you know they're, they're based more around that than what you'd necessarily look for with a safety his play recognition is pretty good but he he doesn't flip his hips well he doesn't he doesn't seem to cope well in coverage his back you know you, you watch him backpedal at times and he, he doesn't look good his change of direction is a bit slow um, he is better matched as I said against tight ends where you know he's more of a physical matchup you know and he does pose a real problem for that and I think in the AFC North you know there is that that emphasis on on physicality. Hmm. Um, Would you worry again? You know, in, in a division that includes the likes of AJ Green and, and and Brown, you know, that he might be exposed a little bit. Potentially, but he's one. You know, he's one guy, and you can account for it in the way you in you in the way you design your your system. You wouldn't have him down as your conventional safety. You know, you you're not going to drop him deep into coverage, give him a you know a large zone to protect. You you are going to match him up. In it, almost in man, and play him forward and look to get help over the top from whoever you've got as your free safety and uh, and as your cornerbacks. Could you see him at nickel possibly? Or? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's something you could definitely definitely see him him doing. I I really anything as soon as you start pushing him into the backfield, I I, I start to worry that he <laughs> he starts looking a little sloppy and it's just. As I said, not for the want of trying. He just, he just sometimes just doesn't look like he's physically capable of of doing the job. The Dallas Cowboys are now on the clock. Next up, we've got the Cowboys, and they're picking at twenty-seven. And we've got at Mrs. Dra Wu on the clock. Hey, this is Lauren from the UK Cowboys fans. You can find us at ukcowboysfans.com or on Facebook and Twitter. With the twenty-seventh pick, the Dallas Cowboys select cornerback Byron Jones. I chose him because he's an athletic and versatile defensive back with the ability to come straight into the team as a starter. With Todd Gurley already unsurprisingly off the board, Jones was the player that I was hoping would fall to us. Um, He's an intelligent all-rounder with a good high ceiling and would be a real upgrade for the Cowboys. He's a really interesting guy, very rangy, but obviously everyone's going wild about the combine performance. But he plays pretty good. You go and watch him on film and he he moves really well. He's a fluid guy. For me, he might actually be the best safety in the class. Really? I think he's got that. He seems to like to play with the field in front of him. He surveys what's in front of him as long as he possibly can, but he backpedals very, very well. He surveys everything that's out there, and for me, those are traits that you want from your, from your safety. It's not that he, you know, he flips his hips quite well. There is a bit of tightness there at times, but he, you know, he, he gets round, he gets turned around quite quickly, 
he's rarely beat on on route, so he mirrors really well. But for me, he's, yeah, the way he surveys the game, he, he might actually be better suited to a switch to safety. And there has been some talk that, you know, he's got some, you know, I think he played safety a bit in college as well, that, that he might actually be a, a solid option at safety. He was a guy that certainly after the combine, when, when that was all going on, I mean, I, I, I that really turned me on to him and I was sort of went and had a look at him. He was a guy I was hoping would be hanging around for the Giants in the second round, but that's not going to happen. He looks like he's a, a short thing for the first round now. Would you see that as a position you could play for the Cowboys, or pretty set there? Or yeah, I think it's you know it's certainly something he could do. He certainly provides them with that option that it's um it, it's something they could do. I think they're reasonably set at safety to be mm. honest, but an upgrade at corner is definitely something that they need to do. I mean, Claybrook doesn't really fit what they do. I think it would be a nice option but if you're getting in a situation where you're going three safety at time you can just shift him to that and you know the NFL's becoming you know, a more flexible league you know players are changing positions mid-series let alone you know <laughs> let alone mid-game so he offers that scheme versatility as well I think it'd be a really good pickup for them the big loss for them obviously league's best rusher last year in terms of yardage was uh, DeMarco Murray gone to the Eagles and been replaced with Darren McFadden who doesn't really inspire that kind of big play confidence I was always big on DeMarco Murray I know a lot of people aren't but would you consider going into picking a you know an early second rounder here and, and jumping ahead and getting the likes of Coleman in I think you can probably wait and get a guy like JHI or, or Tevin Coleman in, in the second round. You are looking at the back end of that second round again, but again, you've got guys like David Johnson, Duke Johnson, you know, there, there, there are running backs that are going to be floating around late in the second round and you are going to get a quality player there. Remember, they've got Joseph Randall as well. Who's, That's true, yeah. Um, who, who's, I, I think thoroughly underrated as a prospect. I think he's... he's he filled got, in very well last year. I thought he did. Um, and so you've got that and you've got McFadden, if worse comes to worst. But I think they'll they'll pick someone up. You know, it'll be an interesting one to see if they're one of the teams that do look at moving up. You know, five or six spots to try and get a, a Melvin Gordon or a Todd Gurley if if one of them happens to be around. You, know, you could see Jerry Jones doing that. It's quite a quite a flash move for a skill position player, and you get the feeling Jerry Jones after getting outvoted in the war room last year on Johnny Manziel will want to throw his weight around a little bit so I could see them making a move at some point I mean if you're looking at looking at teams that might be happy to trade down the likes of 22 Pittsburgh Steelers if someone falls yeah, that far you yeah. could see them trading up there yeah again it depends on who's on the board but yeah you could look at possibly the 49ers we're talking about at mm. 15 wouldn't break the bank to, to move up to uh, from 27 to 15 it would be you know, first and possibly a, a second. I've not got the draft value chart in front of me at the moment, but mm. you know, it might be a couple of picks. They're a, a strong, strong lineup. The Cowboys. They, there aren't that many holes. They can probably afford to give up a premium pick. For, I think if they had a quality player, yeah, if you've got a, an elite running back with that offensive line, it's going to be a really difficult prospect to stop. Absolutely, yeah. The Denver Broncos are now on the clock. Um, yeah, moving down the draft, um, a team that, that has been sort of one of the most successful teams in recent years is kind of hitting a period of decline, you'd feel. At Denver Broncos, and we've got Alex R.J. Harrison making the pick. Hi, I'm Alex. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex R.J. Harrison. With the Denver Broncos pick, I've selected Eddie Goldman, defensive tackle, Florida State. We lost Terrence Knighton in free agency. And he's been a major part of the Broncos' defence in the last few years. Uh, the Broncos' defence has been a 4-3 defence. But this year, with Jack Del Rio gone, Wade Phillips is returning to Denver as the defensive coordinator for Gary Kubiak. And Wade Phillips is going to bring in a 3-4 defence. Eddie Goldman is an ideally suited nose tackle for this defence. 
He's a strong guy. He's got excellent upper body strength. He's able to shed blockers. So he's going to be great in the run game, which Denver need to employ to keep Peyton Manning safe for the Super Bowl run. Yeah, good pick. Um, you know, we were we were saying about what what we like in um, in nose tackles. You're looking at six four, three thirty plus, really. Well, here's your guy. <laughs> um, so as he says, with Wade coming in, he's going to want to he's going to want to make that defense his own. He's going to want one pieces that's really going to make that tick. Yeah, D tackle makes a lot of sense for them and Goldman's a perfect fit for them I mean for me he is limited to a three-man front I think he he doesn't really fit what you'd use in a sort of the interior of a four-man front so this is a perfect spot for him to go and this is the sort of step that the Broncos are likely to be taking over the year isn't it they're going to be moving less away from throwing weapons at Peyton like they've been doing for the last few years and become a bit more of a rounded team yeah I think that absolutely and you know again Kubiak's quite a safe guy he's going to look at instilling that balance back in the team Goldman's a lovely, lovely pickup for this spot. They might try and do something along the offensive line as well. I think that's that's the other area which I'd I'd sort of consider. You know, maybe this is a spot for someone like Cameron Irving, um, another Seminole. But D tackle makes makes a lot of sense. I think they probably will go defense with this pick. CJ Anderson is the running back. He, he he flashed towards the end of last year. A very small sort of body of work that we've seen. But do you think that he's shown enough to kind of hold down that job, or do you think they need? bit more depth behind him in later rounds I think with the draft class we've got it almost seems criminal for teams not to pick up a running back or a wide receiver in in the later rounds they're two incredibly incredibly deep deep classes as they were last year indeed Um, yeah and they will probably want to try and find a, a running back that can add a little bit to what they do maybe one of the more sort of physical better blockers that are out there there's um a guy who uh, who I really like called Matt Jones from Florida, who's two thirties, possibly in that world where he may end up converting to a fullback. But for now, try him at running back. He's going to provide an element of block as well, which is exactly what Peyton Manning has always looked for in his running backs. Mm-hmm. You know, he likes running backs. That block, can block first for him. Yeah, absolutely. So I think he'd be a really interesting guy, and you're going to get him probably midday three round round five maybe round six so really interesting guy who's um reasonably under the radar at the moment the indianapolis colts are now on the clock moving down we've got colts on the board and it's at indie colts fan uk who's making the selection Let's see what they've got to say i'm adam from indie colts fans uk on twitter with the colts pick i select defensive tackle jordan phillips the main reason being he's an absolute beast of a man He's extremely big, very quick for a big man and very athletic. He's got a shed load of potential and luckily he appears to be over his back injury from 2013. He could definitely be exactly what we need to help improve our run defence, which is awful. I don't want to see the Patriots batters with the run again this year, so for me this is a must and a massive need for the Colts. Currently at the moment we have two fifth rounders in Hughes and Chapman and they haven't really done it at the nose tackle position so we could really do with an elite nose tackle. We need an attitude in defence and we need a really powerful disruptive force to stop the run and I think that Jordan Phillips would be perfect for this. Would you agree with that assessment? Um, Powerful nose tackle? Yeah, incredibly powerful nose tackle. He gets low, he stays low, good hands. Effort's not always there and he is a bit of an injury risk. But it's definitely a position they need to fill. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And he's a young guy who's going to come in. He's got time to learn. I think it's a yeah. It makes makes a lot of sense. Offensive line was a was a position that I was thinking they might want to uh, they might might want to go to down at some stage. At the moment, I've got them going DJ Humphreys 
um, at Florida in, in that position. But maybe they look at safety. Again, it, it depends on what you think of Byron Jones. Mm. Um, it's a team with very few needs, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, they are. I mean, they're one or two moves away from cracking it. I mean, mm. they, they really are. And they seem to have got the, the offense playing playing well. You know, the, the talent they've got now is the significant upgrade on last year. And last year they were pretty good. Mm. Um, bringing in Andre Johnson's a great move. And Gore's there as well to help out. And they're going to be a really interesting team to watch you think they've as things stand they've moved into the the lead in terms of uh, strength of the roster in the AFC they must be pretty close there's not many rosters that you'd look at and has the level of depth that they've got sort of throughout the board where it's it's really just upgrades at safety you know upgrade at right tackle it's not there aren't glaring holes in, Mm. in this team um, which you know, even the Super Bowl champions can't say. Traditionally, on draft day, there is always a big named faller. That yeah, I mean, at this once you get for me, once you start getting sort of below twenty five, it's just pure guesswork on, mm. on what's going to because it's going to look completely different. And this year, more than most, and the Colts are in a great spot where they can just go for the best player available. Or if there's a guy with a bit of risk, if Randy Gregory really has slipped this far, you know, they could always use another edge rusher. And Dorial you know. Green Beckham. Dorial Green Beckham. Yeah. It's not a massive need. It's obviously. not a massive need. It's a guy that can come in and can sit for a bit, and he can develop as a player and as a person as well. And you know, Chuck Pagano is there, who comes from that sort of Raiders mentality where you do nurture your your problem children, you don't necessarily <laughs> chastise them constantly. So that that might be there. I think there would be people who'd say that that is a bit of a wasted pick, just because it's not an area of need at all. Because they've got T. Not only have they yeah they've got T. White, they've got Andre Johnson. They obviously um, added Dante Moncrief last year, who looked good at times. They've got two excellent pass-catching tight ends. They've really got a pretty solid set of weapons there. And I, I Doesn't think it make you sick? I think they're one of the few teams I wouldn't, you know, who don't have to go and get a wide receiver or a, or a running back, really. I mean, they could use a wee upgrade at running back, I guess, but they're not going to be in that hunt for the uh, the stud wide receiver that falls into the third day. I think they'll, they'll be While we're, we're on that, I'm thinking problem children in the draft, that players are going to fall into these late first-round picks. Who do you see as being the players that are going to you know, plummet down, down expected boards? It's so hard to say. So that old draft cliche that it only takes one team to, to make the pick. Mm. You know? um, and who would have thought that Rodgers would have fallen? Well, exactly. You know, or Geno Smith completely out of the first round. And to a lesser extent, Mark Ingram was going to be the guy in the top 15. That was going to be a cemented Picked deal. Picked at 32, and, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, James Carpenter went ahead of him. There's that footage of... Nick Saban sitting around with the Alabama prospects and my thing, Carpenter. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so you know, like you know, everyone just assumed it was going to be uh, when when Seattle took it that they were going to take uh, take Ingram, and you can never really tell. I think Marcus Peters is really going to struggle. I think that's going to be a real GM move because I think coaches are just going to say this guy falls out with coaches. I don't want him anywhere near me. Mm. It's just a headache too far. So he's a guy I could really see falling. But again, he's completely dominant. He's an absolute bully. You want a guy who can definitely go in and play play man coverage against the best players in the league. He's going to do that. And with his attitude, he's got a nasty streak on the field and off it. <laughs> but the on the field nasty streak is phenomenal. He's got a lot of potential. That might be enough to get him selected in the top 20. For me, I wouldn't touch him in the first round. But and he takes one too. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So yeah, it's him and him and Dorial Green Beckham are the two that sort of instantly stand out. I think Randy Gregory with a drugs charge, yeah, it's stupid. But I think he'll probably 
survive the top 20. The Green Bay Packers are now on the clock. Another team that's uh, it's got an embarrassment of riches across the roster. Um, the Green Bay Packers always tend to pick up and keep players on their roster for a long time, don't tend to get involved in free agency. At UK Packers selected Kevin Johnson here. Sounds like a, a very Packery sort of pick. Yeah, definitely. And a, yeah, great prospect. I mean, we've talked about him a fair bit. He's a um, good guy, played on a terrible team. Bit small, which is the criticism. He's quite light. And you see that in tackles. He does often lose out on tackles. Mm. He he takes reasonably good angles. They could be better, but he does seem to almost fear the impact, which is never good from a defensive player. But good ball skills, interesting kind of player. I mean, I've got Eric Hendricks going here. Obviously, he's gone a bit higher in 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 this mark. Um, wouldn't surprise me if they go inside linebacker there. Big need last year. They ended up having a move play across. Play across, yeah, exactly. Benadric McKinney's a player I think is a bit underrated as well. He's very long, very lean inside linebacker. Um, I think him or um, Kendricks would be a really nice addition here. Do you think they could un- make Clay Matthews a bit more upset and, and if, if one of the outside linebackers has fallen, move him permanently into the middle? Uh, and, and drag someone out wide or is that a bit well, he too he played badly on the inside did he but oh, it, does he seem quite... like, it does seem like a bit of a waste of his talents mm. but you know it's that again that old, that old adage that you put your best players on the field even if they're out of position I just love the um, fact that he wasn't happy about it but he still played brilliantly still played great yeah exactly well it's you know model professional for everything <laughs> that goes with Clay Matthews he's um you know he, he is the you know a, a true leader you know he's not happy with it but he's still going to give it his all um, I'd be surprised if they did in this situation if it was say let's say Randy Gregory does fall mm. if you've got a choice between Randy Gregory and Eric Kendricks I think it's a very Packers move to pick Kendricks and just let that let that just slip on it, it seems that there's, there's there's virtually no first round grade well I haven't seen a single one given by anybody on a tight end lost Bostick wasn't particularly I mean he had a horrible moment in the well, he's gone now as well yeah, yeah. NFC championship game and, and, and was replaced uh, not for that reason, I don't think. But you've got a need there as well. Do you think there's a tight end that could play day one? Um, yeah, I think Max Williams has some potential. The big knock on him seems to be now a character thing, really. I mean, he's not a blocking tight end, but neither is Jermichael Findlay. You know, it's it's you know he is going to be your, your stretch the field red zone threat. You mm. know, very clean hands. Rogers you know, loves really, those players as well. Absolutely. So he'd be a nice fit. But there is apparently an ego thing with him that came out of the combine interviews. I've seen that quite a few places. People saying, oh, he seems a bit self-centred. A lot of um, leaders in that dressing room, though. Well, exactly. Aaron Rodgers, you know, great guy, Cal guy. So, you know, I'm backing him all the way. But he's pretty self-centred. He is a leader, but he is all about Aaron Rodgers at the end of the day. And, you know, that's the kind of personality that might just knock that out of a guy like Max Williams. feels like the kind of range he could start, you'd start considering him in, really. I I mean, there was a time when, you know, you'd look at possibly him going a little higher. But, yeah, for me, 25 south seems to be roughly where he's going to be. And this this feels like a natural landing spot if they don't go inside linebacker or... uh, or corner. The New Orleans Saints are now on the clock. Gabe's back on the clock with the New Orleans Saints and he's gone Marcus Peters cornerback um, the player we've spoken a bit about. Do you think that's the right move for the Saints here or, or do you think that they could have gone linebacker here? Uh, Again, they... They could. I mean they could have effectively switched these two picks around and you wouldn't have really blinked an eyelid. I think it's the right position. I think it's probably the wrong player as we as we talked about when they were on the clock the first time. I think they're probably going to look for a high-character guy, a guy that, that they can trust and a, a more reliable personality in the locker room. But, I mean, he is a phenomenally talented cornerback. If Sean Payton thinks he can get around that, fine. But you are potentially bringing a hurricane into your dressing room. <laughs> That's something that whoever picks them is going to have to acknowledge. 
late round gems for them. What are you thinking? Well, further in the draft, again, they need to look at tight end and they could be looking at maybe this is a spot for uh, for Nico Leary, who's a bit more of an all-rounded player. He's not always played fantastically well. He's trading a lot off his name. He's a potential option. They are going to have to address tight end at some stage, I think. I don't think they're going to get by with what they've got. The, the Saints are another team that I had pinned down in the stakes for Bryce Petty. Got an ageing quarterback. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it would, he's got sort of the physical traits that you think would suit the Saints in a way. I mean, True Breeze has got a hell of an arm on him and Bryce Petty doesn't. Mm. But a lot of the stuff over the middle, some of the, you know, the shorter stuff, which you see Drew Brees throw quite a lot, you know, and screens and what have you. is It's it's very much up his street, mm. but uh, you know, I'm still a little bit unconvinced that that he's he's really going to do it at, at, at the next level in Petty. But I think quarterback could be could be a direction that they look in. I think pass rusher again is going to going to be in there, and there, there should be you know maybe a guy like Daniel Hunter in the in the second round or looking a bit lower down, Lorenzo Moldine. Those kind of players I think would sit quite nicely as sort of edge rushes for them and just helps a secondary that struggled last year but has a bit of potential it really really helps make their job a lot easier if you are bringing a bit more pressure on the uh, on the quarterback in you know as we said a, a quarterback laden division isn't it I mean you know as of next year yeah well I mean it's going to be four quarterbacks <laughs> absolutely yeah the New England Patriots are now on the clock and then we're looking down into the, the 32nd pick the final pick in the first round uh, and that's the New England Patriots I, I made this selection as we discussed earlier due to some technical issues I, I, I made a massive faux pas and selected a player that had already been selected and then uh, in order to hurry the draft along I, I, I rashly picked Ronald Darby um, without without very little knowledge of him, so I'm going to hold my hands up there and, and and await assassination for for my selection. So how did I do? I mean, it's a second round talent, really. Mm. I mean, good change of direction. He's quick again. He's got reasonably good awareness. Um, for me, he uses hands too much. I think he's just going to end up getting a lot of DPIs thrown his way. Mm. Um, you know, they've had a lot of problems with, with with sort of grabby players getting defensive pass interference calls. They had Brandon Browner, of course, um, from the uh, from the Seahawks, and he he was called for that free and I don't think that really impressed Bill Belichick too much. No, and it's you, you know you are replacing that sort of issue with with it again. But mm. you know Bill Belichick's the kind of guy that can will think he can possibly coach that out of someone as well. So you know that's that's not so much of and a. There's less baggage as well, I suppose. You've absolutely, got... yeah. I mean, but to be honest, I've, I've got Marcus Peters going here. In the end, I think Marcus Peters probably goes higher than this. Mm. But he's a very Belichick kind of player. You know, you're not going to fall out with Bill Belichick. He's a lost soul. You? <laughs> you know, if you fall out with Bill Belichick in your rookie season, there's a good chance you're you're going to be done in the league, however talented you are. But that's yeah, I, I think corners corners a logical space for them to go if they don't trade out of it, and you know, there's a good chance they they do trade out of it. They shipped on Logan Mankins, didn't they? Yeah, um, I mean, they could be looking a little bit of help on the on the offensive line. Obviously, Will Fork's gone as well, so mm. so defensive tackle, running back, they might look to uh, look to address. I mean, they they seem to be able to. When Blunt gets released, they'll just uh, resign him. Absolutely, it. they'll wait for they'll wait for someone to get get hooked, and then they'll pick him up as a as a free agent and get you know seven hundred yards and ten touchdowns out of them somehow against so, the Colts. Yeah, yeah. Usually, yeah, almost certain. The Buffalo Bills are now on the clock. We've got an extra two picks here. Um, slightly unusually, um, felt like we wanted to get a full range of picks, so we added two more picks at the end of the first round, which saw the Bills and the Seahawks as the two teams that don't have a first round pick, uh, picking thirty three and thirty four. Obviously, they're picking a bit later in the real draft. 
for the Bills, we've got at Buffalo Wheels picking theirs, and let's hear what he's got to say. Hi, my name's Kevin. You can follow me on Twitter at Buffalo Wills. And um, with the 33rd overall selection, the Buffalo Bills select Cedric Ogbui, offensive tackle from Texas A&M. We had a few choices um, here at the 33rd pick. We were hoping someone like Lel Collins would fall to us, but to be honest, in the actual draft, probably won't fall that low. The Bills obviously don't have a first-round selection this year, thanks to the Sammy Watkins trade. So when they eventually pick a number 50, it's much more likely that they'll have someone like Ogbui to choose from. If he does fall that low, I would highly recommend them to take him because the Bills have a very good defense going. Our skill positions on offense are very good, except for the quarterback, obviously. Um, but we need some help on the offensive line, so that's why I've gone for Ogbui. Uh, you bristled at the uh, mention of Lyle Collins there falling that far. Um, but what do you think about the pick? It's not a bad, not bad selection. He's the kind of guy that is going to be available when they're on the board. He's a guy who had a great year, 2013, hampered with injuries. He can get overpowered at times, which for a guy who's over £300 is a bit of a worry. Mm. Um, doesn't necessarily use his physical traits as well as he could. Probably strictly limited to right tackle. You could kick him inside, I suppose. And I would have thought inside's more of a position of need for the Bills. What guard would you take at this position then? Well, depending on what's there, where they're actually picking. I mean, uh, as the board's fallen, I would look at Lake and Tomlinson out of Duke. If it falls, we're looking a few picks lower down. There's some talk that Tomlinson might scrape into the first round. If that happens, possibly a guy like AJ Can would, would fit quite nicely out of South Carolina. So there are going to be options if they look at going in that direction. This might be where a guy like Max Williams ends up going um, if if he plummets a bit further. Tight ends a position I think they could, they could use a bit of an upgrade in. That defence looks pretty strong, but you can always add more. Maybe an interior defensive lineman might be quite interesting. A guy like Carl Davis out of Iowa might be around. Michael Bennett out of, um, of Ohio State. You know, they're, they're going to have options there. It's Whilst the elite prospects in this draft are you know, limited, there are loads and loads of guys with sort of first to second round grades that you're going to get first round value in the second round. The Seattle Seahawks are now on the clock. And the Seahawks would absolutely love to be picking 34th as their first pick. Because <laughs> they um, they're going to be picking 63, aren't 63, they? 63, I think. That's almost a third round uh, pick for their first go. But they, they're picking 34 here, and it's UK Seahawkers who we whacked on the clock. And uh, let's see what he's got to say. Hi, I'm Hugh Bevan from the UK Seahawkers Twitter. And with the Seahawks pick, I select Auburn's wide receiver, Sammy Coates. I think he may well still be around come our first pick in the second round. Um, and trading for Jimmy Graham, whilst it alleviates some pressure in the go-to guy department of our receiving core, I think Sammy Coates could be a good option for us still. For all the things he needs to work on, the upside potential of Sammy Coates is pretty incredible. And he's the type of guy John and Pete have gone for before, being an incredible athlete, kind of like the Bruce Irvin pick. Having said that, I can see us going for the best guy on the board at 63, outside of QB, and I guess nothing will actually surprise me when it when it comes to Pete and John on draft day. I would say that's probably about right. I think they probably will go best available, won't they? Yeah, absolutely. Far be it for uh, for us to go against the 12. Um, <laughs> you know, it's. Um, I, I think there's a good chance Sammy Coates will be around. He's got a huge upside, mm. but it's the drops that are the big issue for him. I mean, just as a reliable red zone threat, you just can't count on him. But they don't really need that now. They've got Jimmy Graham. They've got end zone talent. Mm. What they need is another guy. It's quite an interesting group in the receiving court. I mean, we see them quite a lot 
obviously playing them twice a year as a 49ers fan and, and I generally keep an eye on them as they tend to sort of run away with the division at the moment but you, you've got a group here that can go through spells where they, they seem to be in the top tier of receiving even when they're making catches um, and then they'll go and take entire runs of games where they can't catch the ball to save their life they can't get open uh, they've got good hands as a, as a group and we saw that in the Super Bowl but they, they generally tend to struggle to, to beat their man and you know they probably need that extra receiver to to open up the game and, and take some coverage away from them with that. Yeah, I mean, it? this is almost the polar opposite. This is a guy who can take the top off mm. the defense, but his hands are susceptible. You know, they're not they're not great. He is prone to a drop, and that's really the biggest knock on him. He's big, he's fast, he's powerful. He'd be quite a nice pickup, but I, I think he probably will be around because I think I think you can get better value. You you might not get the same level of explosiveness, but you might get a more reliable prospect. If you're looking for a guy to go straight away, you wouldn't necessarily go after a Sammy Coates. He's a guy who's gonna gonna take take some time. Whether you can coach good hands is one of the big debates, but you've got to give him every chance. I think I, I don't think it's a bad pickup for for them if they're looking best available where they are. You know, in that sort of late sixties range, the players I've got just uh, as an as an example, if we are going best player and we're using my board which you know why the hell would they um the players i have in that sort of range from say 59 to 66 are clive walford tight end miami michael bennett d tackle that'll get confusing ohio state that would get very confusing uh richard green wide receiver florida state demarius randall who seems to be climbing up boards rapidly so i wouldn't expect him to be there um safety arizona state jordan phillips who's already gone uh, Ali Marpet, offensive guard from uh, from Hobart. But someone like Shaq Thompson. Yeah, Shaq Thompson. Yeah, Shaq Thompson would be a bit below that on mine. I've got him down at seventy. I, mm. But I think he might be quite an interesting uh, interesting prospect. Sammy Coates, I currently have at sixty five, um, with Amir Abdullah, the running back, just below him at sixty six. It's a full range of options if they mm. do go best player. And you know, frankly, a lot of those guys they might be able to service quite nicely. The reason I mentioned Shaq Thompson is I noticed that he was being discussed a lot, but doesn't really seem to to be mentioned in the top tier. Um, in even in the first two rounds, as you've you've moved him out of that, but he's a sort of high end of two, beginning of three, it seems. Yeah. In, in terms of his range, I think he's another one like Landon Collins that you know floats between safety and and linebacker mm. really. And well, I no think, one knows what he wants to no, play exactly. And I think that's that's the big worry with him is just what you do with him. I mean, he's got some phenomenal skills. But it's it's really where he fits, and that's why I'm so uneasy with him. We've got British interest in the draft as well. Um, what do you think of the prospect that we've got, and, and you know where do you think he's going to go? Well, I think JJ, I've got a strong second round grade on him. I could see him going top fifty quite comfortably. Um, running back, Boise State. Running back, Boise State. Um, yeah, he's you know he's he's a physical guy. He looks to have the makeup of an NFL player. I, I think he's got good hands. I think he offers some some play in the passing game as well. Um, I think he's likely to, to go high. Thanks for downloading part two of our draft special. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher and check out our Twitter page, which is at Pigskin Podcast. James will also be tweeting live throughout this year's draft, so make sure you follow him at SNL underscore football for instant analysis of the picks as they come in. And if you'd like to sponsor the podcast, send an email to pigskinpodcastuk at outlook.com. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>